The social unrest in the United States has permeated every corner of society, including horse racing. On this show, we'll speak to African Americans in this sport. How do they feel about what's happened nationally? And how do people in this sport have the uncomfortable conversations necessary to move us all toward a more perfect union? An atypical and hopefully very meaningful edition of In the Gate starts now. They're in the gates. They're about to move in. Way roll side. And they're off. As they move to the top of the stretch. It's a hit-bombing finish. This is In The Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can also get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, the Pink Apple Podcatcher app, and of course, in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And please take a minute to rate and review the show. Those reviews really help others find us. Maybe drop a line to the professors at America's Best Racing and let them know what best means when it comes to podcasts. Make sure they don't exclude us next time from their Fan Choice Awards, won't you? A Minneapolis police officer charged with murder and manslaughter and the death of George Floyd. That officer caught on camera kneeling on the Floyd's neck of George in a video Floyd that has caused outrage Minnesota the on Memorial Day has led to both peaceful and violent protests in the United States, the likes of which have not been seen in both sheer numbers and intensity since 1968. That year saw the assassinations of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy who had worked his entire career on behalf of African-American rights. In light of the social unrest we've been experiencing in this country recently, and not so recently, I want to engender a meaningful discussion on the topic of racism and race relations through the prism of horse racing, since horse racing is what we do here. How have these people experienced racism? How do their past experiences and what they're seeing now make them feel about living in the United States? And how do the uncomfortable conversations about racism start to happen in horse racing in order to educate and improve the situation in this little corner of society? For this discussion, we welcome in Bernard K. Chatters, a longtime thoroughbred trainer in New Orleans who is also the president of the Louisiana Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association, the HBPA. Also with us is Gary Bain, a native of the Bahamas, who at age 66 continues as a jockey and exercise rider at Gulfstream Park in Miami. He moved there in the late 1970s after starting in his native country as a teenager. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. I want to start with this. What are your first thoughts when you see what's been happening nationally? Let's start with Mr. Chatters. I tell you, I'm really happy about some things that I see. I'm very surprised at the possibilities of real positivity coming out of this really heinous act. You know, it's a tragedy to see a fellow die like that. And unfortunately, and and in all honesty, I know that these things happen and they happen more often than, you know, we want to admit as a society and stuff. Um, And that's the negative part. But the positive part 
is this, I heard somebody describe it as this organic movement that's, that's happening. And the most interesting thing is when you look at it, you know, across the whole nation and even the world, this thing is happening, you know, with at least as many white people as it is black people. And to me, that's a really beautiful thing that says that a change, you know, and a big change is coming, you know, is, is on the way. So out of this, you know, I look for some good things to happen in the future. And I think that that's, you know, for the nation, that's a great thing. What do you think, Mr. Bain? What are your first thoughts when you see what's been happening nationally? Well, like you say, it's unreal when things happen. It's a sin to see it's happening the way it is. But what can we do? We gotta, we gotta live with it. Hopefully, everything turns out better than it started out because things like that, I mean, and this guy looked like he had a problem with the other guy before and just sat there in the situation like that. So hopefully it turns out better for the future, but, you know, what can you do? Well, what do you, what bothers you the most, Mr. Bain? Racial discrimination, police brutality, or something else? I think they both are major issue. You know, racial, well, it's been here forever. Anyway, police brutality, I think, needed a little correction on their behavior. I just hope it's something that changed the world around. You know? What do you think, Mr. Chatters? What bothers you the most? I think if you look at both issues, police brutality, racism, racial discrimination, we all know that they exist. And I think, to a large degree, a lot of people aren't willing to be honest. You know, they just won't be honest with something that everybody knows. I mean, everybody knows that you have to be really careful with the police, you know, and everybody knows that as a black person, you have to be especially even more careful. Um, you know, that's just the truth. And, you know, historically, we know that, uh, you know, the police tool uh, that was used by mainstream America to control and keep in place the system, you know, of our nation. And, and I, you know, that those are facts. Uh, we know black people were taken, you know, were arrested, and then crowds of people, you know, came to the jails and took the prisoners away, took the people away from the jail, and you know, dealt with uh, by mob rules. These are facts, you know. Like I said earlier, I, I do think that people are starting to be a little more willing to confess to that reality. And the same thing with discrimination. You know, our country was founded, uh, you know, with slavery, you know, way as far back as the 1600s. Uh, the land was cultivated and cleared and things built, you know, on the backs of slavery. And, you know, that we're talking 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. And then on the backs of that came Jim Crow, 
separate but equal and all of these things. And as a society, if we ever going to improve, you know, these are issues that, that we, we, we certainly have to confront and admit to and, and try to do the best that we can to improve the conditions in the plight of black and colored people in America. And if we ever going to really live up to, you know, our creed, say like Dr. King, and, you know, we're going to have to address the weaknesses in our society. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the long-term and short-term of it, because I wonder what you think the causes of these recent protests are. Is it the recent deaths of people like Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, George Floyd, or the long-term systemic racism since the founding of the country? Well, it's absolutely the long, long-term long effects of, of systemic racism. And it's interesting that you say that, but, you know, the Trayvon Martin deal, the Eric Garner, all of those things, you know, are, are sitting there festering, uh, you know, is a poem, a dream deferred, and it it, in, it ends. And what happens to a dream deferred? And at the end of the poem, it says, "Does it crust and sugar over in a syrupy sweet?" And then it says, "Or does it explode?" You know. And and at some point, this is the explosion in laws that were established to, uh, you know, to keep your people from being able to read and being able to vote. These are truths, you know, that we have to be willing to address. This is the manifestation of pain and suffering from hundreds of years of racism. And it's the, the manifestation of pro- police brutality that killed people on side of the road. You see a man begging with his hands handcuffed behind his back. And, you know, he's calling out for his mama. And, and he's saying, sir, please get off of my neck. I can't breathe. And the man is standing there applying pressure to him and killing him. And then you get responses from people. Yeah, um, that was wrong that he shouldn't have died. He shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. But in the buddy is man, he had a history of substance abuse and, and all of this kind of stuff. And I think that that's where dishonesty in, in people to me, when it's clear, you know, that this man was abused and, and killed, murdered, but because he's a black man, you can't see the humanity or the inhumanity in, in that act. You have to justify that with something that's not even applicable to this situation that you see, you know? And so as a society, we have to confront these things and, and people have to take an inward look, you know, at themselves and, and at people so that we can move forward, you know, because it's time, I mean, it really is time, man. We've been dealing with these same issues. It's nothing new. We've been dealing with these issues for hundreds of years. I'm 51, and, you know, I can go, man, I can go back a long way to watch Rodney King, you know, Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, Tamia Rice. But these things happen all too often, and just hopefully after this one, I sense a change. You know, I do sense that, but it's due, overdue. My personal experience with racism is, I mean, it's been here forever. Hopefully we're thinking by now something might change or it might be better, but 
The way the situation is going on right now and the things were still happening, it ain't look like no progress. They still got you fighting for life. You, you're not getting the rights you're supposed to get. But, it, I mean, it's been like that for a whole lot of time. What sorts of things have happened to you in your life? In my life, I try to stay away from those type of situations, you know. I just go day to day trying to do what I have to do. I don't believe in racism. I think a black man, a white man, we are men, you know. But the, the, the system and things what's been happening throughout life is still prejudice in it. But, I mean, for me, individually, I don't believe in it. I give every man the right he deserves, uh, black, white, or whatever he is. Have you had things happen to you because of racism? No, I, I, I can't say that. No, I don't think so. And like I say, I try to stay away from the issues, but when things happen, you can't ignore them. You're looking at it, so you got to live with it, but... um. For me individually, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I never did. What about you, Mr. Chatters? I'm very fortunate and very thankful for my upbringing. You know, my education and you know everything that I've been given in life. Certainly, I've been stopped. You know, I've been stopped by the police. Guns drawn. Every oh everything is fine. Well, we stopped you because you fit the profile of somebody. You know that that we were looking for. I've attended some schools that were not as good as they should have been. And I was forced to attend schools because, you know, the schools in my neighborhood weren't up to the standards that they should have been. So my family, these all, you know, part of the system of racism, loan applications and things um, from banks are not as readily available, I don't think, to, to black people as they are, you know, for white people in a lot, most instances. Uh, even in the horse business, I have trainers who told me, well, I went to the bank to get started. I went to the bank <laughs> and took out a loan. You know, they loaned me the money to uh, start up the business and all that stuff. And, that, you know, and for me, I was like, wow, boy, isn't that nice? Um, you know, uh, man, in the racehorse business, you could go to the bank and get a loan. I'm trying to get a loan to buy a house <laughs> or buy a car. And, and you ain't could get along to start a business. And so, you know, these are just parts of the system that you know, you know, racism that people deal with on everyday, on everyday basis, whether you conscious of it or you want, um, I guarantee you, you know, you, you dealing with racism, you know, as, as a black person, you, you know, how you have to conduct yourself in certain situations and, and, and those kinds of things, you know, where, it can go bad for you in a hurry if you don't, where other people, it won't necessarily be the same situation, you know? But yeah, you know, I've had my issues, but I'm, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to um, act as, as if my life has been some tragedy or something, because I'm thankful. I'm thankful. You know, I've been very blessed. 
you know, who I am and my family, my my mom and my daddy, my grandmothers, my grandfathers, and my children. We are and my family. We we have a lot to be thankful for too. Mr. Bain, you've seen the video of George Floyd. You've seen everything that's been going on. When you see all of that, how does it make you feel about living in the United States, which, as we know, is not your native country? Yeah, but it's life. It's how the world is going right now. I would like to see it different, but is what's going on. I mean, you can't ignore nothing. I mean, you, you're looking at it. You're seeing what's going on. Do you feel like the United States is letting you down? Well, it's life. I mean, it's people from all over the world. It's different places, different things. I don't think they're letting me down. It's just something that happened, and, and everybody got to look at it and see what it is. And, uh, you know, everybody got a different mind and different views of things. And I don't think as much I can do. I mean, I, I only could look and hope for better. How do you feel about living in the United States right now, Mr. Chatters? Oh, um... The United States is is my home, home of my fathers and my forefathers. The United States is mine. All, my family has been here. My family has been here since before it was the United States. So I absolutely know that it's mine. Uh, and, and I understand what the American flag represents, the flag of the United States. And I know that that representation symbolizes what me and people like me live for and have lived through for these United States to be what they are and what we are trying to make it be. So, yeah, this is this is my home. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. And, you know, we listen at all of that. If you don't, it's a funny notion in the country that people try to push it. If you don't like it, you should go somewhere or or go go back somewhere else, but no, this is this is where we are. This is what we've participated in building and trying to establish a more perfect union is what I want and what we live and strive to to try to do. So this is my home and this is where we live and this is where my posterity will be. I'm sure for many years to come. Hopefully, you know. Um, but we have to keep working to improve it because it, it certainly can be improved upon for, for people like me, you know. The black and brown people of this country can absolutely be treated better and more fair. And I think that America, you know, does owe a debt to black people. And in order to make it, you know, live out the true meaning of the creed, it's got to address those issues, you know, and to make it better, that's what we have to deal with, education, poverty, health care, you know. Um, those, those are the issues that we, we have to deal with, real education. And I think um, I think that that's more apparent now than, um, than ever before. You know, I can see the need for good education in this country, you know, like I've never been able to see it in my lifetime. But I know right now, boy, we, 
We need to make serious investments in... We're going to take a short break here on In The Gate, but we have much more to discuss with this group. What's the right way to bring the wave of change enveloping the country to horse racing? How do people in this sport have those uncomfortable conversations about race and racism? We'll get into that when we come back. Welcome back to In the Gate. In the first Kentucky Derby in 1875, there were 15 horses who ran that race. Of the 15 riders on board those horses, 13 were African American. But in 2018 at least, only 30 of the 750 members of the Jockeys Guild were black. Mr. Bain, why do you think that is? Well, horse racing has been... I mean, when they first started out, you had more blocks, Isaac Murphy and Jimmy Winkfield, and, and a bunch of old others. But um, you know, in in this game, I guess they used the black people earlier. But as they see how the money grew, then you had more white people involved. So, I mean, the black is minority anyhow. So. You're going to have more white riders than black. And um, it's tough to um, say why is, is the situation is the way it is, but I think you got more white in it than black anyhow. Do you want that to change? Well, it's tough to change the world, the world, the way it is. Like I say, blacks are less than white anyway. So it's going to be tough to change that, even though you might like to see it. But that's not going to change it because we're still the minority. If you could change it, how would you do it? <laughs> uh, that, that's a tough question because... Number one, I don't think I could change it. Number two, I don't think it it can be changed. Not the way the system is today. Plus, you get black people into that business than white. So it's going to be tough to change it. I mean, you got to live through it and try to survive the best you can. But you're not going to change it and make more blacks than white. It's, it's, it's almost impossible. Mr. Chatters, without naming names, unless you feel you need to, what sort of changes do you think need to happen for people to interact with each other better in this sport? Oh, in the sport? That's a microcosm of society, and this is a horse racing show, so let's keep it to horse racing for now. Well, the racetrack, I mean, we have, right, certainly all of the the issues that the, the larger society, you, you have to be willing to to deal with everybody. I, interestingly enough, I'm, I live in Louisiana. I'm, I'm the president of the HBPA here. You know, the racing business is predominantly or overwhelmingly uh, white, you know, especially in the ownership position in terms of owning racehorses and stuff, you know, it's, you know, overwhelmingly um, white, but you do the best you can to deal with people, to be honest, you know, honest with people, to have a word, 
you know, that means something and to stand out, you know, to do the best you can to, to be a good person and a, and a better person than the next man and to treat people the way you want to be treated. That's um, the biggest thing that I can say, man, um, treat people the way you want to be treated. Love your neighbor as yourself is the, the, the biblical deal. And when you can do that, all of the, the problems go away. You know, if you love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and so that's how I try to live my life, try to help any and everybody that I can, um, at least try. I may not be able to do it for you, but man, I'm going to try. That's a thing that I find myself telling people every day. I'm, I'm going to try. I'll try to see if I can help you. And, uh, but the world is changing. We, it, it may not change fast enough. And when I say the world, I mean the country, especially. The country is changing. People are mixing the country is becoming browner, and, and, and that's just the truth, you know. And uh, 50 years from now, things will be different because they have to be, you know. I mean, if you think about it, some 55 years ago, it was illegal for a black man, or, or you know, to marry a white woman, for certainty in Louisiana. But now that's not, you know, that's a everyday occurrence, you know, and through that, you know, you can't help but a change has to come from that because the country is changing. You know, you just do the best you can or do the best you can, try to help people, and in the end, it'll, it'll, it'll get better, just hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, but it's coming. It's better than it was. Certainly, um, times are better for me than they were for my daddy, and they were certainly better for my daddy than they were for his daddy. And so we have to keep working, voting, you know, become habitual voters to encourage change, you know, positive change, you know. That's what's got to happen. Mr. Bain, you go to the racetrack every day. You see people of different races, different ethnicities, different genders who interact with each other in this sport. What sort of changes do you think need to happen so that we all interact with each other better? How can we do it better? That's a tough situation because you got so many people from so many different nationalities, so many different countries and whatever. Life is a survival. Everybody is trying to survive the best they can. Now, I don't know if you're going to get everybody to communicate with one another like that. Every every man is looking out for himself. Everybody is trying to do the best they can for themselves. So trying to get them all to communicate together is almost impossible, as I can see. So you, you just got to survive the best way you can. Well, maybe not a lot better at first, but maybe a little. Like, what do you do when you deal with people of different ethnicities and different races? Well, everybody has a job. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody... You got a lot of riders who's trying to do the best they can. You got a lot of trainers and owners and all of that. So I don't think you could change much of anything. You 
you just got to go by the best you can do and hope you could communicate with everybody. But it, it's, it's, it's not easy. It, it, it's going to be tough forever. Well, gentlemen, thank you both so much for being here. Bernard K. Chatters is the president of the Louisiana Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. Gary Bain is a longtime rider in South Florida. Thank you both very, very much. Thank you. Appreciate you very much. Thank you, boss. Remember, you can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify for the first time, SoundCloud, TuneIn, the Pink Apple Podcatcher app, and of course in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And please take a moment to rate and review the show. Those reviews really help others find us. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. That's In The Gate for this week. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you next time.